Well, good morning. Hey, thank you for joining us at Journey Church this morning. My name is Scott. I'm the lead pastor here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you or have a conversation with you, I'd love to, one, um, so reach out or come say hi to me after church. And two, I just am glad that you would choose to, to be here on, on a Sunday morning, an opportunity to, to gather together, as Mitchell talked about, to, to grow in Christ together, to grow in community together, and to, as we talk about often here, to follow Jesus together. So we're excited about that this morning. And, and I also am excited about, uh, we've talked about already this morning and, and last week, about Olivia Cutterford coming on staff. And to be honest, I'm just excited about the team that we have in place here at Journey Church. And I just want to set the record straight when, about Olivia this morning. Just to be clear, when I, when I said, when I referred to Olivia Cutterford as young Olivia, it had nothing to do with age. It was, I mean, it did, but, but you, Mitchell, you... But it wasn't, had nothing to do in reference to an older Olivia necessarily. But it's because we have, we have Mitchell who has been, who's younger than the rest of us. And we, I started to call him Young Mitchell. But then Olivia Cutterford is, is younger than Mitchell said, we can call her Young Olivia. And then Olivia pawed off through a pillow at me. And, and we decided that it, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't go down that road. But I just wanted to bring a little bit of clarity to that this morning. Um, but as Mitchell mentioned, we're starting a new series this morning. We're calling it Come and See. You can see it up on the screen. And we're taking a look at the story of Jesus as told by John. Now, you might be thinking, didn't we just go through the gospel of Mark? And the answer is yes. We did, uh, probably eight or nine months ago, at the beginning of 2021, which actually feels like a lifetime ago. And remember how we entered into 2021 thinking it was going to be so different and great, like the world was going to heal and everything was going to be better, and that we're still kind of just in the same rotational circle of things happening. And, but, it, but it's been, a, a lot has happened since then and now. And if you're here last week, you know that, that what I, one thing I shared last week is that I just have this sense as I've been praying and seeking the Lord as, as what's next for Journey Church, that he is asking us to get back to following Jesus. And Jesus himself said that if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, then you're going to need to deny yourself, take up your cross and, and follow me. And so he's saying get back to following Jesus and then get back together is how we talked about it last week. And not necessarily in this room, that's fine, or, or online, whatever, but, but actually getting back to following Jesus together. Jesus, it, it will read in, in John's gospel near the end, he prays for his disciples, and he prays for you and I, and he says, Lord, let them be one as you and I are one. And when he prayed that, he was certainly praying for unity, but I believe he was praying more for community. That we would be one in relationship the way that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, submissive and interactive and loving towards one another. And that is what Jesus is calling us to in this season. In fact, I think what we see in in the Gospels is, is a picture of that. Now, our mission as, as a church, if you haven't been here for a while, like we've been talking about it often, like our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus together. That's like, that's like what we do and it's what we're going to be about. And the way that we're going to do that is, is what we talked about last week. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you, especially if you consider Journey Church to be your, your home church and your family, to go back and, and just rewatch the, the service because you'll see the, the trajectory that we're moving on, the purpose that we're setting in place. And it, and it revolves around following Jesus. It revolves around us being a family and us being about these things, that we are going to trust the word of God, that we will listen to the Holy Spirit, that we will care for our community, that we will honor the image of God, the Imago Dei, in all people. 
and then we will introduce people to Jesus. And that is why we're heading straight into another gospel. Because what we'll see in the gospels, I believe that is their mission as well. To help people listen to the Holy Spirit. To trust the word of God. To care for their community. To honor the image of God. And to introduce people to Jesus. And they do that by bringing us straight to Jesus. And so we're going to do something that we haven't actually ever done before here at Journey Church. We're going to spend 60 weeks in the book of John. That feels like a long time. And there may be a, a break or two in between. But we are going to immerse ourselves in the life of Jesus, in the teaching of Jesus. Together, we're going to follow Jesus, listening and learning and beginning to live like him together. I was reading in, in a book this week. It's called Open to the Spirit by Scott McKnight. Um, and in it, he, he just gives this, this guide for how you can uh, approach the reading of Scripture in a, in a spirit-prompted way. And, and I just felt like it was exactly what we're hoping to do as we begin this series. He said, approach the Word of God together, which is what we're doing. It's what we're talking about. Like, come to the Word of God together. And then he says, um, let me just find where I put it. Oh, yeah. Then he says, come intentionally reverent, which talks about like our posture, how we will come, in, whether it's a physical posture or an emotional posture or a spiritual posture. And then he says, come prayerfully, which is our approach. Like we are praying into the opportunity. Maybe we pray significantly before we show up on a Sunday, before we show up to, to a, a Bible study, or we show up to a small group, or even before we show up to read from the Word in the morning. Like we're prayerfully entering into that. And he says, read the Word listening, being open to hear, having an open heart. And then ponder, actually pause and let the Holy Spirit speak into that. And then finally, to respond, to do what, what the Word says. As, John sa or as James says in his, in his letter, he says, don't just hear the Word, but do what it says. Do the good things that the Lord is, is leading you to do. And what we'll find as we go through the, the Gospel of John, it's one of the beautiful things about this Gospel, is that it doesn't matter how you enter into this place today or in the days ahead. You may be just... Just finding out about Jesus, that's perfect. Jesus is going to meet you there in the gospel of John. Maybe you're, you're, just, you're just growing in Christ, in your relationship with Jesus, perfect. Jesus is going to meet you right there. And maybe you feel like, I'm, I'm mature in my faith. I've been following Jesus for a while. I think maybe you're overconfident, but, but maybe you think I've got this thing figured out. But that's perfect. Jesus is going to meet you there. In fact, St. Augustine said about this gospel, he said it's, it's shallow enough that a child can wade into it and, and not drown, but it's deep enough that an elephant could swim in it. It's going to be the perfect place for us to follow Jesus together today and, and for the, the foreseeable future. Now this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something with me that we have done a few times here over the last few weeks and over the last few years. I'm going to ask you to, to stand if you're willing and, and if you're able uh, to stand as I read from this passage that we'll be looking at today. And this is just like what I mentioned before when I talked about the ways that we are approaching the word. We want to approach the word with, with reverence. And this morning as I finish the word, a, a tradition, an old tradition in the church is that when the word is, is finished being read, uh, the reader says, this is the word of the Lord. 
And everyone else responds, thanks be to God. So we'll do that today as well. So it's John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did, did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father. He has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. You may have a seat. Now, this might seem obvious as we start into the beginning of of this gospel. And if you've read uh, John's gospel and the others, Matthew, Mark, and and Luke, you realize that that the beginning of, of John's gospel actually looks significantly different than the beginning of Matthew and Mark. And Luke. Whereas in Matthew, Matthew begins to point to the genealogy, to the lineage, to the line that led up to Jesus. And in Mark, he, he points to the, the kingdom gospel that, that Jesus preached. And then in Luke, he points to the virgin birth of, of Jesus. But John's approach is, is different. John's approach is to simply begin by, by introducing us to Jesus. Now, when, when you introduce people to, to Jesus, you usually, or sorry, when you introduce people to like your, your friends, your neighbors, you start with your, your relationship to them, right? Like, hey, this is my neighbor, and then you tell them like what they do. Oh, he, he works at, um, at Walmart, right? Or this is, my, this is my mom, and she's my mom. Or, like, or you say, like, this is, this is my wife, and, and she's a teacher. We, we name their relationship with us, and then we kind of talk about what they do. But John doesn't do that. He just goes straight to who Jesus is, to who his identity is. And if we'll notice, if you paid attention, we see that he goes right to the beginning, where he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And those who were listening to John or were reading this, their minds would immediately go to to Genesis 1, 1, where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
their minds would have immediately shot to that. And I believe John was being intentional to do that because John wanted to make sure that they understood that, that the Jesus story was not an isolated story. Sometimes we approach it that way. We just think of, of the Gospels like this is just the story of Jesus and then life in the New Testament and then there's us. But we sometimes are tempted to forget that, that the Jesus story is actually a part of, of God's entire story, which started in, in Genesis 1.1, when God created the heavens and the earth and everything in it, including all humankind, that eventually would, would become a broken image of God and we would struggle in, in relationship with the Lord. He would make promises to us and, and mankind, humankind would make promises to the Lord that would, that would be broken repeatedly. But then the high point, like the, the perfect point, when Jesus arrived on scene, life, death, resurrection, and then a promise of return. And then the story continues on. It continues on into today. But John, he, he starts at the beginning and then he points us to Jesus, who was the answer, who was the, the high point of that story. But the, but the story of Jesus, it started in the beginning. And as we read through John's gospel, and especially in, the, in this first 18 verses, man, we get just a, a clear picture of who Jesus is. We get a clear, clear picture of, of his identity. John names all of the things. He says, Jesus is the word, which is a concept that is difficult for us to understand. But the, the, the most simplest way I, I could put it is that he is the revelation of God. He is who a demonstration or a representation of who God is. But then he goes on and says that Jesus is our creator. That Jesus is life and Jesus is light. That Jesus is the word made flesh. Which means that Jesus is the audible and visible and tangible expression and revelation of who God is. As N.T. Wright would put it, he says that if you want to know who the true God is, look long and hard at Jesus. You see, these first 16 verses... They actually feel like they're, they're like drinking from a fire hose when we read them, right? Like, like there's so much in there. We could spend a month of Sundays just simply talking about these first 18 verses, trying to digest them, trying to explain them, trying to understand them and, and to figure them out. But this is, for John, this is just the prologue. This is just the introduction. He's just getting started. And, and as we read those first 18 verses, you notice that John didn't stop to, to talk about how Jesus created things. He didn't stop to explain what he meant by Jesus being the word of God. He didn't stop to teach us about the difference between light and darkness. He didn't stop to explain that grace and truth. And today, maybe to your disappointment, I'm not going to stop and, and talk about those topics this morning either. Don't be upset because there's a reason behind it. There's a reason why John doesn't get into all of that at the beginning of this story. It's because as we read through the rest of John, from chapter 1 to chapter 21, John is going to be revealing each of these things throughout the story of God. And he's going to reveal them not as an expert, not as a theologian, 
but as an eyewitness and as a storyteller. And as we listen to John tell the story, we're going to have front row seats to Jesus revealing God, to Jesus healing men and women, to Jesus restoring life, shining light into the darkness, offering grace, speaking truth, and making known the one who he calls Father. Like This is what he's going to do in the chapters ahead. So we won't spend a lot of time this morning diving into each of those because we actually see them in real life and in the life of Jesus. Now, last week, some of you maybe noticed this, last week was the first Sunday of the NFL season and the Seahawks won. It was a good day. But I, I don't know if you know this, but when the Seahawks, I'm just going to use them as a reference point. They're my team. So if you have a different team, maybe the Bears, then you'll just have to have a different re- reference point. But, but when the Seahawks play on the East Coast, the games are at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm here, and I don't get to watch them. It's a little frustrating, but, you know, they have DVRs now. They have things you can record, so I record the game, right? But I got home on, on Sunday after church, and, and I walk in the door, and my youngest, is Brady's like, oh, no, 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 stop. Don't come in, because he started watching the game. He's already in the third quarter, and he already knew the score, and, and just so you know, going forward, like if there's a game going on, and you happen to know the score, do not... Do not tell me. I do not want to know. I want to. And here's the thing. If I feel like if I know the score of the game before the game is, before I watch the game, the, the, watching the game is worthless. Like I don't, I don't get to experience the, the highs and the lows. I don't get to experience the, the emotions, the ups and the downs, the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. I don't get to, to experience those things and it, and it feels kind of worthless. And I actually feel the same way up pretty much for the most part about fiction books and, and movies. When it comes to nonfiction books, I like to jump to the end, but, but in fiction books and, and in movies, I just don't want to know how it finishes. I want, to, I want to be a part of the story. I want to watch the story and participate in the story. And so today I'm going to actually have to apologize because we're, going to, we're actually going to jump to the end of John, to what many believe is, is actually the ending of John's gospel. And, and, and don't worry if you've never read it before. And I, I'm not going to spoil anything necessarily in, in what we talk about today, but I believe by looking at what John says at the end of his gospel, at the end of his telling of the story of Jesus, we'll better be able to understand what's going on and looking at the story with the end in mind. So if you have your Bible and you want to open up to John chapter 20, we're going to look at just two verses, verses 30 and 31. Because the, these are the words that, that John essentially ends his gospel with. There's a little, another story that takes place after these, but, and we'll get to that in a couple months when we get there. But, but here's how he ends. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. You see, John had a a spirit-filled purpose in telling this story. In selecting and sharing the exact events, what what he will refer to as, as signs and wonders. And the exact words, like the truth that Jesus would speak. He was very deliberate in what he chose to share in this between the introduction that we read today 
and the end that we just read. He was selecting and he was purposeful in what he picked. Now, what was that purpose? He says that you may believe. Now, we use that word often. There's a lot of things that we, that we say we believe and, and we understand it to just be a, a simple accepting of that something is true. And there are a lot of things that, that we say that we believe, that we accept as true. But I think, but if we're honest, like often it's those things apart from Jesus and even sometimes the things of, of God will do this. But the things that we believe are the things that have come to divide us. But Jesus is, is, has come to, to bring unity between us, between God and man and between people, all humankind, that we would be between brothers and sisters. We would have this peace. So he says that you may believe, which actually means like to have hope and to have faith and to have an entrusting, to be able to entrust yourself to him. Like that's what he's talking about, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That's the second part. He says that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that you would believe that Jesus is the anointed and promised king. Again, that Jesus is the continuation. He's actually the, like the hero in the story. If the story started in Genesis 1-1 and continues on with a broken humankind, Jesus is the solution. He's the answer. He's the hero. He's saying... I've written all of these things that you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised king, the son of God, that Jesus would be a a different kind of king that we would have. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that we'd have a different kind of king and we would live in a different kind of kingdom. So he said that, I said all these things that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that by believing you would have life in his name. Now, is this life in his name, is this eternal life? I believe it is because John uses that expression often, that, it, that he's offering this, this life of, of eternal relationship with God the Father through the, the death and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ for those who would believe in his name and, and would have their sins forgiven. But it's not a life, that an eternal life that actually starts at our death it starts at our new life, at our new creation. Just a handful of weeks ago, we, we saw five people get baptized. And they were put down into, into the water, representing the, the death to themselves, dying to themselves, denying themselves, and being raised into new life as, as new creation. And that is, is where we will find ourselves in this life. When he says, having life in his name, that we will, it would start now. And carry on until we die, but carry on in, in a movement towards Christ-likeness, towards transformation, towards a following of, of Jesus. You see, right before this, and I'm, I won't even read this passage because we're going to read it again in, in about six months, that Jesus, or John tells a story. He tells a story about a guy named Thomas. And you probably recognize Thomas. He's known as Doubting Thomas, the poor guy. He gets like the worst nickname. But what happened to Thomas was this. And this is the story right before John writes down verses 30 and 31. This is the story that comes immediately before it. And it really sets the stage for what John says in in 30 and 31. But it says that, that Thomas wasn't there when all the disciples saw 
Jesus resurrected. Like all the disciples saw Jesus. It was, it was cool. It was awesome. And, and they were telling Thomas, yeah, we, we saw him. We've seen him. He's, he's alive. And, and Thomas, is, he says, you know what? Until I can actually touch the holes in his hands and, and look at, at the, the pierced hole in his side, I will not believe. And then, and then a week later, it says, like, Jesus just kind of enters into the room without using a door. It's, it's amazing. But he just kind of enters in there, and, and he looks at Thomas. And, and essentially what he says to Thomas, he says, come and see. Come and, and touch. Come and believe. And Thomas responds, my Lord and my God. And essentially what he's saying is, is I believe. And his life was transformed and, and changed in, in a moment of, of belief. And here are the words that John placed immediately before. These were the words that John placed immediately before the verses 30 and 31. He says, this is what Jesus said to Thomas. He says, because you have seen me, you have believed Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Because here's the thing. When John was, was writing this gospel, when John was sitting down to write the story of Jesus, he wasn't writing it for the disciples. He wasn't writing it for the, the men and women that, that walked with Jesus, that, that watched and listened to Jesus, that saw him do amazing things that we're going to read about in the weeks ahead, that saw his, his death and his resurrection, that they saw him the week after. He, he was writing this story for those that, that weren't. He's writing the story for, for, people, like, for people like us who have, who have likely heard the story. We like the story. We even, we even might believe the story, but we weren't present to see the story and so maybe we we struggle with belief maybe we're still in, in a process of of learning to follow jesus to be transformed into his likeness john is is writing this for us he was writing this for for people like thomas which is why he said these things right after he told that story about him so that they and we so that we might begin to believe that we might begin to put our hope and our trust and our faith that we would begin to entrust our lives in Jesus not a hero in a story but as the as the promised king as the the son of God and that by believing we would have life in his name you see John he, he wrote this story he wrote the, the story of, of Jesus, but as we'll see as we, as we go through it, it was so much more than just a story. What we'll see is that it was an invitation. In fact, it's an invitation that Jesus offers to us. No matter how we come in today, no matter how we are in our relationship with Jesus, no matter where we stand in, in, our, in our belief and in our doubts, Jesus offers the same invitation to us that he did to Thomas. He says to us, come and see. Come and believe. Come and follow me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.
that we can enter into an opportunity to engage in the story of Jesus, to immerse ourselves in, in his words, in his life, that as we seek to follow him together, we can listen to him, we can look to him, we can learn from him, we can begin to surrender our lives to him and the hope and the prayers that we would become more and more like him. Father, as we enter into this season where we are intentionally placing and, and growing our roots deep in Christ and intertwined with one another, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would water those roots and they would go down deep in the good news of Jesus and they would grow deep around one another in relationship as we are seeking the face of God together. So we ask for, for your blessing upon this next season that as, as we approach you, as we answer and respond and, and listen to your Holy Spirit, that we might come and, and see that it, whatever it is in our life where we need to, we might come and, and believe. And, and however Jesus is inviting us into this, we might come and, and follow you today. We thank you for this fresh opportunity. And we pray and ask for your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When the sea is calm and all is right, when I feel your favor flood my life, even in the good I'll follow you, even in the good I'll follow My hope as we enter into this uh, series and into this next season is that in this introduction to the gospel of John and, and the story of Jesus is that you hear an, an invitation, that you sense that the Holy Spirit is inviting you into an opportunity to, to immerse yourself in, in the story of Jesus, to, to learn to, to live and, and to walk like Jesus, but that you're not alone in it, that you have an opportunity to, to walk closer with Jesus, but also to walk closer with one another. And we're excited to be able to do that with you in the days ahead. Now, as, as you leave today, we look forward to seeing you next week. And, and if you happen to, to be staying for the, the family meeting, again, that's for anybody that feels like, hey, this is my home. I want to know what, what's going on. I want to be kind of in the know. I want whatever information. We're just sharing some things that we just don't have time and space to do on a typical Sunday morning. So you're welcome to stay. We'll have a little bit of child care in the green room for, for kids that are families that need it. And then if you're online, just go ahead and kind of get off the live stream. We'll be back at about 11.20 or so with a new link, and you can join us then. So have a great week. We can't wait to see you next Sunday. God bless.